All right. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brews and Bills. This is 156. I'm Marketing Ross, and my fellow host is worried that when he turns 30 in a little bit, he'll be a forgotten ancient. SD Sharpie, <laughs> how you doing? I'm pretty good. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. I don't know about you, but uh, my work week has just been killing me. Uh, oh, yeah. It's been the the 8 to like 9.30 or 11 type of nights, and it's been rough. Oh, wow. My, my days aren't that long, but it's a lot of physical labor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typically, they're not supposed to be, but we have the... <laughs> The whole American Royal thing coming up, that barbecue competition, and we have a, a client appreciation event out there. And so it's just been a lot of a lot of prepping for that. What else has been going on in your life, though? You just Not much. Fortunately, I haven't played any magic in a while. <laughs> I was going to say the last time I saw you, I think, was uh, for Mr. Combo's nuptials. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was no card slinging that happened that day, though. Yeah, the, it turned out there was actually plenty of time to get that done, but I didn't bring any decks. So, yeah, there was a, the whole pre-conversation of when and where we might do it, but it sounded like not a ton of people were interested for whatever reason. But yep, so I did, I ended up not bringing anything either. Well, anyways, um, Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to thirty-two and the twelve themes of EDH deck, we have moved on to the classic brew from day one, Bruise and Builds, with the traditional episode. We described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into our own four categories. You got ramp and setting up your board state as grain. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, just like a grain profile. They're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. Then we got how does your board interact with the rest of the table? This is hops. And hops are what give beer its patented bitter and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands, and that's what helps distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Hop choices help to clear and interact with the board so that your deck can ultimately do what it wants. How does the deck actually close out or win? This is yeast. And yeast are microorganisms that eat sugar from the grain, and they poop out alcohol and CO2 adding alcohol content and carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water, and without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. Then we have shenanigans. Could be pet cards or synergies in the deck that are just fun. We call that the spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be a pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we'll talk about it. Then to cap it all off, we have the bottle capping, which is our three cuts and recommendations to the deck uh, for $5, $50, and a no budget. Only restriction is no mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Uh, today right. we've got uh, a Traxa for CMC. Tribal. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Atraxa is or haven't had the pleasure of playing against this wonderful commander, SD Sharpie, what is the CMC and the lovely things that Atraxa brings with her? So for a black, blue, white, and a green, you get a legendary creature of Phyrexian Angel Horror with Flying, Vigilance, Death Touch, Lifelink, and at the beginning of your instep, Proliferate. She's a 4-4. That's a lot of words. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's a lot of value. And uh, pop quiz, what is that uh, color combination called? Uh, sans red. Ah, close enough. It's witch maw, but we'll take it. Oh, okay. I, I might have che- cheated and looked on EDH rec before I asked you that question. But so Atraxa does all of those gross things. Um, people have seen her in a variety of different ways, whether that's, you know, Planeswalker Tribal, the super friends of the world's negative one, negative one counters, plus one, plus one counters, or just counters in general. Any way you want to proliferate, she'll do it for you. So why don't you tell us, Sharpie, what the heck is four drop tribal and why did you do this to yourself? So this was Mr. Combo's idea, actually. Uh, basically, the whole idea is you you pick a CMC and then you build the whole deck based off that number. Uh, everything outside of lands has, has to fall under that CMC. And thanks to Mr. Combo reaching out to me on a Friday afternoon asking me if I wanted to be on a Monday stream, <laughs> I had to settle for a Traxa. Settle for a Traxa, he says. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he hit me up. Man, and what was it? It was like Friday afternoon, right? Yeah. So I had to like rush home and, and look through all my, my cards to see see what I could build. And it was actually, a, I guess, a tie between a Traxa and then Yannette as the 5 CMC tribal. But nice. I had more um, more stuff for four CMC, so I went with that because I didn't have a whole lot of time to put the stuff together. <laughs> yeah, and w- without getting into too many specifics, there are quite a few four CMC cards that fall right in line with what Attracts already wants to do. Yeah. So, looking at your your deck overall, why don't you tell us about the the stats as far as the color breakdown and the CMC, and then we'll break into price and things like that. Yeah, let's go to Moxfield. Moxfield? What happened tapped out? Oh, I don't use that. That's old man stuff. Oh, old man over here. <laughs> I'm the forgotten ancient. <laughs> so about 33% of the deck is white, 40% of it's blue, 24% of it's black, and 41% of it is green, with a follow-up of 3% being colorless. Excellent. The, um, ooh, let's see, where'd it go? <laughs> The average mana of the deck without lands is, well, I thought I found it. 248, I think. 248? 2.48? Yes. Well, hopefully not 248. That'd be wild. That is wild. (laughs) Yeah, so it looks like a pretty, pretty even split with... Black being the shyest color of your combination here. When you had a chance to to play it, did you feel like your your mana distribution was was pretty good, or did you ever feel like you had too much green or anything like that? No, I, I felt like it was it was pretty decent. I didn't really struggle to get any colors. Nice. And then, just for funsies, where do we list the price on Moxfield? Uh, I've got it at one thousand three hundred fifty three dollars and eighty cents. Cow. <laughs> so this was this was not a cheap meme deck. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it would be cheap really at all, but uh, a lot of the cards when I entered them into Moxfield, I entered them into the as the actual printing that I have. So some some of them are expensive foils when you wouldn't have to spend that much money on them. Nice. Oh yeah, I'm seeing seeing a few as I as I stroll through your list here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean as as uh, Big Tuck would say, I think this would buy you like a Pinto or something in in real dollars as opposed to cardboard. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, 
Before we get into each of those categories, I want to remind everybody that we do have a Patreon, and if you'd like to support us through that community, you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash cmdtower. And there are different tower, different towers, there are different <laughs> tiers to uh, support us, um, depending on how much you like the content, and they will get you anything from soft value, such as entering our Discord, where you can find SD Sharpie and myself, all the way up to some sweet uh, swag like the foil playmats, reminder tokens, and sleeves. So I think with that, we'll jump right into the ramp and grain. And Sharpie, since this is your deck, we'll let you lead off. All right. The first one I've got for ramp and grain is Garuk Wildspeaker. What? I'm supposed to have the shaker and the time to tell you that's oh, yeah. the same card I have. <laughs> I forgot the shaker. Wait, maybe this will work. Nope, you can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me just... There you go. <laughs> All right, why don't you uh, read read off what it is, and I'll read through the uh, the pluses and minuses of it. All right, so Garuk Wildspeaker is a Planeswalker for two green and two colorless, and enters with three loyalty. All right, and he has a add one loyalty to untap two target lands, a minus one loyalty to put a 3-3 three, three beast onto the battlefield, and a minus four that creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and gain trample until end of turn. So with, with this one... Um, I don't think you ever really plan on using the minus one. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe in some fringe beast tribal deck or if you're just generally doing tokens. But yeah, I think I think what you want to do is that, you know, untap two land. So you basically play Garuk for two and yeah. then uh, and then get an overrun the next turn. Yeah. Yeah. And in this deck, I think Vorthos Mike pointed it out, but. Garuk Wildspeaker is a 50% discount off of all of my spells. <laughs> that That's a, a pretty good discount. <laughs> all right. Well, I will go next. And mine is a, let's see, it's a sorcery. Oh. And it is in green. And it might be a trail that a, a forest ranger would take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have it. It's a ranger's path. So it's a sorcery for three colorless and a green. You search your library for up to two forest cards and put them onto the battlefield tap. Then shuffle your library. This is probably one of the fewer or the least played ramp spells that I see. And it's probably because it's four. But I really like it because it does say forest instead of just basic land. So if you're running those duels or uh, shocks or anything like that, you can go even or smooth out your colors or whatever you need at the moment. Right, that's pretty important with um, a four-color deck, especially um, if you're playing on a budget. It's really helpful to hit those colors. Absolutely. So the next one, um, I think it's pretty funny because I don't think any of mine are sorceries or instants. I think they're all permanents. But um, the next one is an enchantment. Oh. Oh. Or do we get the dice ready? I got it ready. An enchantment that you might... uh, run into in the forest a nope. friendly a, a, a friendly forest creature no not not that one all right so my one. second one is a uh, bear umbra so for two green and two colorless you get an enchantment aura it says enchant creature enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and has whenever this creature attacks untap all lands you control and it also has totem armor which is if enchanted creature would be destroyed instead remove all damage from it and destroy this aura because if all of that wasn't enough, you also get a uh, a nice little totem armor on top. 
Yeah. The, the, the thing I love about this one, though, is it is an attack trigger, so you don't even have to get through. Yeah. And I mean, with I, I haven't played your deck, so I'm not sure who you're putting this on frequently. But if you throw it on Atraxa, she's got vigilance. So seems like a pretty good second main phase use. Yeah, it was 100 percent going on Atraxa. Uh, she's really hard to block for one, <laughs> but two that that totem armor is really important on a creature like Atraxa because she's going to eat removal all day. I, I can tell you for sure I would I would remove her. Oh yeah, I don't blame you. All right, so my next grain uh, was also an enchantment, but I went with uh, Court of Bounty. Oh, and so that is two colorless and two green uh, for an enchantment from Commander Legends, and it introduces one of Tuck's favorite mechanics. When Court of Bounty enters a battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you're the monarch, instead you may put a creature or land from your hand onto the battlefield. So, without doing anything else, I like this because it draws you a card at the end of your turn. And then, at the beginning of your next turn, you still get value off of it, whether it's just an extra land drop or potentially cheating one of your four drops into play. This one's interesting because uh, I usually think the the Monarch cards can be kind of bad because they encourage your opponents to attack you. <laughs> but uh, with this one, it seems really good in Atraxa because you, you, it comes in and you, you get the Monarch. And it's like you said earlier, Atraxa has Vigilance. She also has Death Touch. So it's going to be really hard for your opponents to swing in and it's not going to she's not going to allow them to swing in. You're you're going to have a blocker to keep that monarch. Yeah, she makes she makes for a, an excellent blocker without totem armor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the grains, um but before we move on into the hops, I wanted to remind everybody of a a good partner of ours, abyssproxyshop.com. This is a great place to find all those proxies um so you don't have to rebuy all your smothering tithes and taigas of the world. Um and you can always use CMD Tower as a promo code to get a discount, you can find all of your proxies or as some people call them playtest cards. Um, you can even create a whole deck like Mr. Combo did with his Game of Thrones deck. Or if you're in the right mood, maybe you want to make a Batman's Rogue Gallery deck. I don't know. But head on over, check it out. They have some pretty sweet stuff over there and it's great card quality. All right. So since you started the grains, I will dive into the hops to begin with. Um, my first one is an instant. Oh. And it. Oh, and it is Demir in nature. Oh, darn. You lost me okay. there. All right. So this one is a is a pretty fun one, and I don't know how often you would see it run out um, in other decks, but there's a really important part on it we'll get to. So Clutch of the Undercity is one colorless, two blue, and a black for an instant. And it says, return target permanent to its owner's hand. Its controller loses three life, which isn't great value for a four drop, but... It also has transmute for one and blue black. So you discard this card, search your library for a card with the same CMC, same CMC in a deck that has all the same CMC, <laughs> and then put that into your hand and shelf your library. This, I don't know if, if in your game you got a chance to play it or if you just transmuted it right away. What's your experience? Uh, I didn't get to play it at all, unfortunately. But that being said, I don't think that I would actually cast it unless uh, I was in a bit of a pickle and I needed to bounce something to somebody's hands. It is 90% there for the transmute. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes for a solid tutor. And at like you said, you maybe you run it as a tutor in this deck, but then the, the modular portion of it is that 
if you needed to, you could get rid of somebody else's problem problem, you know, if they're going to come in with their Voltron or something like that, because it is permanent, you could get rid of uh, the creature or you could get rid of some equipment or a planeswalker enchantment, all sorts of goodies. And, and then just salt in the wound. They also lose three life. Yeah. So my first uh, hop is another enchantment. Uh, This is something you might want to do on a vacation. Probably what Mr. Combo is doing right now. (laughs) It's a bit of a retreat. We've got Felidar retreat. So for four mana, of course, a white and three colors, you get an enchantment that has a landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. You create a 2-2 white cat beast creature token or put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. So I will say first, I didn't get to cast this, unfortunately. But second, this game or this card could almost be considered a yeast with that, that second ability and Atraxa. You know, you, you play one land and all your creatures get plus one, plus one. And then at you the end you're of the turn... You're not making cats? Not not unless that's my <laughs> only option. <laughs> but yeah, your, your creatures are going to get pretty swole at the end of turn, thanks to Atraxa. No, I, this is this is good. And I mean, the grain bill that we just kind of took a look at, you're, you may be dropping more than one land per turn. So chances are that the plus one, plus one counters are going to run a plenty. I like it. Okay, so my next one, let me find it real quick. Uh, I went with an instant here, and it is monocolored in nature. Oh. Um, from one of our recent Harry Potter-esque sets. Oh, I think we got the same one. All right, let's try it. Three, two, one. Semester master. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Spoiler alert to everybody listening. We said something different, but uh, I also did pick Semester's End for one of my cards. So there we'll start go. there and then we'll back up to the thing that I <laughs> maybe or maybe did not say. So why don't you read what it what it does and then we can we can chat about it. Okay, Semester's End is another uh, mono white card for four mana. Uh, instant exile any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers you control at the beginning of the next instep. Return each of them to the battlefield under its owner's control. Each of them enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it if it's a creature and an additional loyalty counter on it if it's a planeswalker. That doesn't sound like anything you would want to do in this deck. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No, I mean, it's uh, it, it's a basically a cheap-ish Teferi's Protection that just adds to the game plan of what you are already doing in this deck. So um, if you need to reset your walkers or you just want to you know save your board from a board board wipe and then they come back in with the extra counters on them it seems real solid yeah super gas didn't get to cast it though (laughs) bummer (laughs) all right well since since we matched on that one i'll talk about the other one that i said out loud and that is baleful mastery and mostly i wanted to talk about this one because it's not one that i see run a lot but it is three colorless and a black for an instant and it says you may pay one in a black rather than pay this spell's mana cost if that cost was paid, an opponent draws a card, and then you get to exile target creature or planeswalker. So depending on the game you're in, I feel like there might be somebody who's falling behind anyway that you wouldn't you wouldn't mind if they draw a card. And it doesn't have to be the same person who owns the permanent that you exiled, or the right. target creature or planeswalker. Yeah. So, I mean, black doesn't tend to deal in exile too much, and getting rid of a, a creature forever, if you're playing against a 
you know, a graveyard deck or, you know, just getting rid of a, a planeswalker that's troublesome if you can't get in for damage. It seems seems pretty good with the flexibility of the reduced cost there. Yeah, uh, 100% this card is gas. Uh, anything that can just remove a planeswalker is super good in my book. And um, I actually run this in quite a few decks just because, to me, it's a two-drop removal spell. I hardly ever cast it for its four mana. I really don't care about letting someone draw a card if I can exile a planeswalker. That's fair. Would would you run this if it was just planeswalker removal? That would that really depends on my meta, I guess. I don't really see a whole I don't see enough planeswalkers to warrant playing it, I wouldn't think. Yep, same. I I mean if it said if it said creature or enchantment though, how much more do you think this card would go? Oh it it'd go it'd go far. It'd go all the way. <laughs> Mono black enchantment removal. Let's go. All right. I think I think you have one more for us. Yeah. Yeah. My last one, I don't think we're going to pair on on account of we've already gone over all three of yours. <laughs> it's Kazur Ruthless Stalker. It's a Ooh. creature for four mana, of course. Uh, one green and three colorless. Legendary human warrior. Has partner with Ukima Stalking Shadow. Spoiler, it, that's not in the deck because it's three drop. But it says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature, and he's a three three. So that that first uh, uh, line of text that he has there might as well just read, "Shuffle your library for free if you'd like." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And his, his second line of text is, "Everybody gets swole thanks to him and Atraxa." No, that seems seems pretty good. We might be talking about this guy a little bit later. Okay, but. Did you get to play him in the uh, the the game that you played? No, unfortunately, I, I I played a lot of the same spells because someone cast a cyclonic rift. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you hate to see that. Yeah. Well, so that wraps up our uh, our hops. And before we move into the yeast, we wanted to remind everybody that if you'd like to get the uh, the sweet swag that we talked about earlier, you can also find that over on our Etsy store which does have a URL that I cannot remember at the moment. So you can just go to Etsy.com and search for CMD Tower. It is the easiest way to find it. And that's where you can find all of our all of our cool swag, like the foil playmat. We have the reminder tokens. We have a, a squee coin. There's that Jund holiday sweater that somebody needs to go buy the rest of. <laughs> They'll look great. Your mom will love you in it. It's, it's good. But yeah, just go check out that store on Etsy. There's some some pretty good pictures up now. A uh, friend of the show, Nance, took some took some shots. I think he's supposed to be doing some action shots later, but who knows? You know, we're all busy. So with that, we'll just move on into the yeast and how this game or this how this deck closes out games in a pod of four with its uh, four CMC. So I will start. Okay. My first yeast card that I wanted to talk about is a a big old burb. Big old burb. Well, he may not be big to start with, but he'll get there. He'll definitely oh. grow. So I don't think we match. So I'll just go ahead and, <laughs> and talk about him. It's uh, your old friend Ishai Ojutai Dragon Speaker. So for two colorless and white and blue, you have a legendary creature, Bird Monk, uh, with flying and partner, which is irrelevant in this in this context. But he has whenever an opponent casts a 